Welcome back to hell. Where we talk about terrible people and terrible situations. Both worthy of going to hell. I'm your host, Lainey. And I'm your host, Jordan. Hey guys, welcome back to another episode of Hellbound History. What, what? I shouldn't do what, what with the Hellbound because these are all pretty hellish situations, hellish people. So, boo, boo. I don't know. What sound do you make when you talk about sad stuff? Just sounds of infants crying in the background. Oh, God. I was just going to say like a really like wah, wah, wah. Okay. Go. Or the sound of the smallest, tiniest violin playing in the distance. Ooh. Jared enters sad violin sounds. Swelling your heart with emotions. Um, I don't know how violins sound. I'm so excited about this story today. Uh, and uh, as you guys have noticed in um, our episodes, uh, not always, but we'll place our stories in the categories of Dante's, you know, like Inferno. So mm-hmm, we place mm-hmm, them in the rings mm-hmm. uh, just to kind of give you guys a pre-glimpse of what is to come. What would the story be based on? And so our topic today actually uh, belongs in the fourth ring which is greed greed yes money 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 uh and i know that in dante's like interpretations of like so like each is like worse than the before in the rings and so like in greed uh he describes seeing people like I can't tell if he means like they're holding onto these giant rocks or the rock is attached to them, but they're like bumping into each other. And they're like, why do you have it? And they're like, why do you waste? And they're like, give me your stuff. And it's like, give me your stuff. And they're like in this waters and they're just bumping into each other. Wait, and- wait, 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 wait. Whoa, whoa, whoa. So there's there's people with rocks on them? Yep. Okay. So people with rocks on them and then they're in water and they're like bumper boating. Yeah. And the rocks is supposed to be the material wealth they held on to. Okay. So rocks equal money. Items, belongings. Okay. Have you ever heard of uh, the saying um, that if you don't clean your room, uh, you'll end up like the Coulier brothers? I have not. Okay. So this was like a saying to kids. Uh, in New York um, by parents to get them to like clean their rooms. And so our topic today is going to cover the Coulier bo- uh, brothers. The topic today is going to cover the Coulier brothers. So okay. who are they? Like who who is this family? Why are parents selling children's randomly to clean their rooms because you're going to end up like them? Did your parents ever say this to you? No. I found this saying while researching this topic. Okay. The Coulier family have been this wealthy family that lived in New York for like most of the 1800s and then was like really prominent 
like a lower class Kardashian. The eldest is Homer Les Coulier. Uh, he was born November 6, 1881. Um, and then he, his younger brother is Langley Wakeman Coulier. And so he is actually just four years younger than Homer. Um, they had a sister before, like in the family at some point, but um, sh she passed away in infancy. Uh, the family, the Couliers, were this wealthy, said to be descended from the Mayflower like okay. pilgrimage, but that's not true. It, the records show that like the the family came like 20 years later, but they still established themselves enough to be kind of these aristocrats, like mm. throwing get togethers and doing weird, wild things like they drew attention to themselves. And I, I don't think they really cared. Like, for example, their dad, Herman Coulier. So he's a famous gynecologist. In Imagine Manhattan. being famous for your work in gynecology. I know. How does that work out? At first, I I flipped it when I was like researching. I thought the wife was the gynecologist. And I was like, go her. And I was like, oh, wait, it's the dad? And he's really famous for it. Like, okay. Um, so, for example, uh, he canoed to work. Okay. Okay. So um, where they lived and where the hospital he worked at, it was like across this little lake and he just canoed he just and he would just carry it bye honey gotta go to work have you seen my oar yes and uh his wife is actually his first cousin and her name is Susie, and she's like this former opera singer and so the brothers uh grow up normal i mean they had friends they did weird stuff people wanted to know things about them they both attended uh columbia university mm -hmm. so homer has a degree in law so that's the older brother and langley has a degree in engineering okay so everything's fine and dandy the only thing i want to say at this time uh you know uh is that People find it odd that Homer and Langley never get ha like have a girlfriend. They didn't really like move out. Mm -hmm. um, so in 1919, uh, their parents split up, and th they're both still living at home. Okay. Full full working adults just living at home. Homer's 38 when this is happening and Langley's so, Oh, so he hasn't left the house ever and he's 38. Yes. Okay. And Langley's 34. Okay. When the parents separate, the dad moves out of the family mansion they had, you know, bought. And so they continue to live with their mother. You know, they just kind of kept going on their business. Uh, Homer was a, like, well-law practitioner. And uh, Langley loved playing the piano. He was very accomplished in it, gave her recitals. He didn't really use his engineering degree. But the dad winds up passing away in 1926. And... Two years later, no, three years later, the mom passes away. Okay. So they got 
the inheritance from their, their mom dad died in 1926. That, that things but kind of... The next four years after the mom passing away, Homer and Langley lived normal lives. Uh, it, they kind of would sometimes socialize with the neighbors. Uh, and Langley actually taught uh, Sunday school at the Trinity Church. Homer's lawyer practice was uh, rising off the ground. and They were in New York? They were in New York. Okay. Yeah. And Langley being an accomplished and playing the piano and he would sell them and tinker with them and all this other stuff. But uh, in 1932, Homer's eyesight started to fail him, Mm -hmm. uh, which was a little bit concerning. Langley, because his dad was a gynecologist, he had like a whole bunch of like these medical books that he left behind. I like to think they were kind of more pertaining to uh, gynecology, but uh, Langley thought he could maybe help Homer regain his eyesight at some point. So Langley. Oh, I don't like where this is going. (laughs) Yeah. So Langley really thought it. But then Homer fully lost his eyesight in 1933 like almost a year later due to hemorrhaging behind his eyes, um, causing him to go blind. Langley, after the incident of Homer going blind, quits his job to take full-on care of him. So people are already gossipy about this weird eccentric family, the brothers Mm -hmm. who never moved out of their house, um, and they hear that the, the really prominent lawyer... Uh, Homer has gone blind. The interest has kind of gone up. And so people are wanting to kind of uh, fulfill their curiosity. Langley started collecting newspapers. So when he was able to, quote unquote, cure by researching um, through the hundreds of medical books that his father left, you know, he would be able to catch up on the news. Rumors about this kind of like odd behavior um, started spreading. And like when Homer lost his eyesight, like there were already rumors, like everything just kind of started building. Um, And, you know, what's crazy is like Langley started this this whole sad tale starts off with him, like just wanting to get like newspapers for his brother who he just wants to do anything for because he's always been the strong one. Um, Teenagers that had moved into the neighborhood and like the other rumors, uh, they kind of started throwing rocks at their windows. Um, It led them to board up the windows to prevent that. So they're just to recap. So they're in their parents' house, right? Okay, so they're in their parents' house. They don't get out much. They're pretty secluded from rest of society. One of them's going blind. The other guy starts basically like gathering newspapers. Are they like hoarding the newspapers? Like he, just, like- he's collecting all the newspapers from every day since Homer has passed away. Uh, Does he read the newspapers to Homer? Uh, actually. Some of them, yes, he does. Uh, he'll play. He would play sonnets for him. He would read to him, bathe him, feed him. Okay, so he was like his caretaker. Yeah. Okay. He's the caretaker. Uh, the brothers started becoming more recluse because people were so fascinated by them, and so like 
like the, it's like these like low class, low key, odd Kardashians. Like, what are they doing? Um, yeah, they're they're they have bizarre behavior. So, of course, people are going to gossip about them. Oh, yeah. So once they kind of just shut themselves off to the world, uh, rumors uh, started to surface that behind their doors actually were all these like riches and luxuries, um, things that were brought from the East. And like, in reality, the brothers were actually just like, like losing it. Um, Langley spent a majority of the time taking care of his brothers, doing things for his brothers. Uh, but besides that, he would tinker a lot with various stuff that he would collect. He was tinkering with an idea, like a little device that would vacuum the inside of a piano. Okay. And he turned the Model T Ford they had uh, into a electric generator for the house. Um and this was during the Great Depression, right? A little bit. No, it's a, this is like 1930s, late 1930s. Okay. So with those rumors of there might be treasures in there, they secluded themselves in there, they're hiding all their stuff. Um, I mean, like, people. some people try to break in. And at like this point, Langley isn't just picking up newspapers anymore. He like can't even go out in the day because people would want to like talk to him or say something and he'd be actually be very very scared and timid so he would only go out at night um and he winded up bringing like just random tidbits that anything he fancied on the way home so like uh like a baby carriage or um like a clock uh okay so just anything that he can find he was like oh that looks interesting let me bring it home yeah yeah the house when I was reading about it and talking to our research assistant, I was telling him I imagined that at a certain point um, that they kind of, after a few break-ins, and I mean, Langley seems like he's always, like, going to protect his brother. He took the stuff that he was collecting and kind of, I like to call them mine bricks, like Minecraft bricks. Okay. And they started creating elaborate booby traps and like hallways within it so it's like if you've ever played the game minecraft and let's say like you go and dig down into the ground and you like kind of like cave out like a big like room and maybe like small hallways to get somewhere and then like a, a larger opening where you can maybe rest and stuff that's kind of how the house started to developed um the house soon becomes like a maze of boxes i so mean they're it, hoarders yeah like it's and, and it's not oh, even wow. homer it's langley because mm-hmm. um, homer can't see right homer yeah. is blind homer's blind you know there's complicated tunnel systems of like junk and trash and like langley has rigged like these booby traps with trip wires so that if anybody tried mm. to come and break in, like, they would be toppled with stuff. The house had no gas, no electricity, and no water. And it was all turned off because of unpaid bills. I see. But they had the money to pay for them, didn't they? 
They had the money in the mother's account. They wouldn't touch that. And actually, because of the rising curiosity of people wanting to see the blind hermit Homer, um, like I'm pretty sure Langley kind of overspent money um, paying people off. Like, for example, uh, he paid off his next door neighbor because they the tabloids would always love a story about the brothers. Mm-hmm. They would always get hit. So when Langley found that out, he asked to purchase the building from them. And then when the building had fire damage one day, it, like something got caught on fire over there. I don't know how, but in uh, the officers were trying to discuss the matter with him because he like owned the property. Langley paid him off and just said, don't I bother see. with it. Uh, leave it alone. People would call in police tips a lot. And like, I mean, there is a point where two gas meters needed to be removed from the house and Langley just wouldn't allow it and created a big huss about it. Like he was known to the police stations as like a really like a crank. And when people heard that these officers were trying to get these gas meters out of uh, these hermit brothers house, uh, they flipped and went to the house to see if they could see the brothers. Langley being so confident that he would recover when he tried to come up with a cure, his idea was that his brother eat 100 oranges a week, black bread and peanut butter. Um, Obviously, that's not the case. It didn't work. And in actuality, Homer's health is failing and he becomes paralyzed due to inflammatory rheumatism. But Langley and Homer both refuse to go seek medical help. So with all this information swirling around them, the citizens just gossiped about them. It was their favorite topic to gossip about. And it was everybody's fascination grew. Some started saying that the mother was actually dead, like in the house and buried oh, with them. And of that's why like neighborhood rumors. Yeah. Uh, some said that they Langley had actually created t- like underground tunnels that came from the cellar and would connect to various places throughout New York. Um, one rumor in particular, which is the main cause, is that this publishing company had put out there was just like thousands of dollars just kind of lying around in one room. And of course, people who are really into gossip and are nosy, I mean, you hear it all the time. Celebrities these days get like random police calls that get swatted. Um, For sure, for sure. Yeah, like even I've listened to some like YouTuber podcasts that talked about fans just showing up kind of unannounced, like any reason they could get like a, a way to see them. People would call the police station a lot saying that there would be worried about Homer because he's paralyzed apparently and he's holed up in the mansion and no one's seen him for a really long time. So some people, uh, you know, got worried that Langley just simply adjusted to living with his brother's corpse. Like Langley was just in there like no one has seen Homer. They're like, and so this is a rumor. Yeah, this is a rumor that turns okay. into <laughs> just vibing with the corpse of his blind brother. Yeah, and like the rumor turns into someone actually calling the police about it. 
And so like the police have to go and make a call to the house to do like a welfare check on Homer. I see. Yeah. Everybody paints Langley to be this crazy, crazy guy. The last person to see Homer Coulier alive was police sergeant John Collins, who Langley had allowed to come into the home and investigate. And he actually was super nice and showed the the sergeant or uh, how to avoid the booby traps he set up like. And I mean, these are like really narrow, small entryways. Like some of them you have to like scat, like side shimmy scoop. Some of them you have to like crawl through. Um, Sergeant Collins is really surprised when Homer leads them to this like opening of it. Like all their stuff is like surrounding Homer and this like opening within this stuff is this old man just kind of sitting on a bed looking kind of like a mummy and like this officer turns his flashlight on and sees that it's homer and homer responds to him oh wow yeah he uh and he was actually really annoyed he just kind of states i am homer l collier lawyer i want the number of your shield and your name I'm not dead, I'm paralyzed, and I'm blind. Yeah. And see, in earlier instances, Langley, you remember those instances? Langley would, like, pay police officers and stuff Mm -hmm, like that. mm -hmm. Like, they did stuff like that. It was very interesting. They just kind of paid people off to be alone. Um, So now it's March 21st, 1947. The brothers have been, like, hidden away from society for, like, Almost 20 years. Almost. Just a little. 20 years. Almost 20 years. Like they were they were going to hit that mark pretty soon. Um, and this anonymous call is, you know, brought into the police saying that there is this horrible smell coming from the Coulier's house. So the police go out there and they open the door and they can't even come in like it. Yeah. Like the front door was blocked by so much junk that it was completely impassable. I'm going to read to you something from the, from Maurice Natson. He is a American philosopher who was alive during uh, the news of all this going out and lived within the city. So he called he, this article is called the rock cried out quote, when they opened the front door of the mansion, They found an incredible blockage composed of thousands of boxes, pieces of furniture, junks, cans, waste of every sort imaginable. The fantastic accumulation of two brothers who secluded themselves from the outside world behind this erratic barricade of debris. The only entrance space through this mountain of cardboard and wood and glass was a two foot tunnel through which a slender adult body might crawl. Any slight disturbance uh, of certain parts of the rubbish heap would send the whole mass toppling down. The tunnel, as it turned out, was uh, constructed ingeniously through a vast net of booby traps, which would catch any intruder who attempted to enter the Collier house. End quote. Seems like they need their own TLC show. 
that yes, they do. Obviously, officers, when they try to go in, I mean, they do try to go through that little tiny thing. And when officers Mm -hmm. go through that tiny tunnel, boom, a booby trap goes off and they keep setting off booby traps. They can't they can't go check on anybody because they can't get in the house. So an officer and there are pictures of this online. So officers, um, one in particular is like like scaling the walls of the building and finds uh, one of the windows and is able to break it in when he's able to do that and kind of hops over. He's greeted by the fetal position mummified, not mummified, but like corpse of Homer Coulier. The coroner, after his autopsy, had declared that Homer had been dead around 10 hours. Okay, so not too far. Well, then how is the smell so putrid that it's leaking out into the street? So I'm assuming the other one's probably dead too and has been dead longer. Also, by the way, like... The rescue attempt was five hours. Jeez. Yeah. So after police gained entry, they still had to deal with all the stinking booby traps. This this was like the Goonies going on. This was Indiana Jones, but with like debris of just like a Sears catalog. Jeez. So police start this weird process of and I mean it's super super laborious like they are starting to clear away one by one all this stuff to like figure out what's going on now people are like if Homer's dead and was left alone um where's Langley Mm mm-hmm Police tell, you know, the news reporters that Homer uh, had died from a combination of heart problems and starvation. Everybody started saying rumors for the like the next week or so that Langley abandoned his brother and just kind of went out and like escaped and left him to die. Uh, People started calling in tips that weren't even true. People would say, uh, like during the second week of the investigation, they saw him in New Jersey. They saw Langley at this lawyer's office. They saw Langley over here, but like no one could find Langley. Um, And then during the third week of the investigation, an officer is actually brought into um, this like deli marketplace and the reason for the visit was because the owner had called him to say that he hasn't seen a regular customer of his, Langley, in about three weeks. So they also, by the way, in the second week of the investigation, uh, they did a funeral for Homer and Langley didn't show up, which people also thought was odd. Okay. So they go do this rescue search. They find Homer, mm-hmm. but they don't find Langley. Nope. They have a whole funeral for Homer. Yep. And Langley doesn't show up. Nope. So who did the funeral arrangements for uh, Homer? The like the citizens of like New York, kind of like the police, and also they okay, had it, so just kind of like a city funeral, basically. Yeah. Um, and, also, okay. That's. That's interesting. So Langley has to be in the house somewhere. <laughs> like every everybody's like, where is Langley? That makes the police think, what if he never left the house at all? 
Exactly. So a pile of papers fell on him and they didn't find him. Going back to the house and now simultaneously while they're going back to the house. It's getting uh, cleaned. It's April four it's it's April fourteenth. Um people are outside shouting, throw down the money, throw down oh, the money. They think that there's money. And people are bringing out the items and people are like it stuff is being auctioned off. Um, There's some people trying to say they are related to the Couliers and like like it's like like hundreds of people are all out. It's a huge mess. So the police enter and they look and they look and they find the body. They find Langley. They find the body. Okay, 10 feet away from Homer. Oh, come on. So this is what happened. When Langley's body was discovered, it was only 10 feet away from his brother. And it was completely buried by one of his own booby traps Mm -hmm. under a pile of junk. He had been fighting his way towards Homer, but had died before he could get out. So that original smell that the tipster called in was not Homer, it, was, it Langley. was Langley. So how long was he dead for? Uh, I think he was dead for about a day, a day or two. Bef- before they found Homer? No, he no two weeks. He had been two weeks. because Before they found Homer. So yeah. Langley was dead two weeks. Then they found Homer, who was only dead for about a day. Yeah. Or a couple hours or 10 hours or whatever. Yeah. So shit, yeah, cause, mushrooms, because that means that because Homer was blind and paralyzed, he could hear, right? Yes. So he had to have heard, yes. a, oh, that man, that's so sad. Yes. And there's nothing he can do about it, so he knows that he's just going to basically rot away yes. in the house. Damn. Homer would have been... a. Uh, been able to hear and Langley would have been able to speak to Homer as he fought free, but Homer would have heard silence and know what was coming. So yes, Langley died about two weeks before Homer and yes, the smell from before was actually Langley's decomposing body. When they removed the items to recover the body, they realized that rats had eaten off his face and arms. Homer realizing that his brother died and the stuff that they had all in the house was so densely packed, he knew he could scream. No one would hear him. That's, I have no words, wow. The way people handled the story afterwards, and by the way, it like runs like the same day Henry Ford dies is when they find Langley's body and Langley's body being found eclipses Henry Ford passing away. What? Yes. Because it's more m- of a story than Henry Ford passing away? Because it like and uh it's more I guess it's like a local legend, I guess, kind of thing. So they Wow. Yeah. Um people's comments uh were really cold towards the brothers. 
Some said that uh, Homer should have been in a medical facility and Langley should have been in a mental institution. Um, some would have said if the mother have never died, none of this. It's a lot of what about this? What about that? Um, what if the Everyone family? Everyone thinks they're an expert all of a sudden. Yeah. And then after and a few items, you know, they make the papers are auctioned off. And uh, after a few weeks, the no one cared anymore about the Couliers. The the guy who wrote The Rock That Cried Out, the Maurice Norton, the uh, American philosophist, that is a very, very interesting read because he finds the thing whole, like wholly ironic because the newspaper's front page is covering the stories about these two hermits, but yet there's a tiny thing about Tom Ford you know, passing away and stuff. And then he talks about, you know, the background in the family. But really, um, he kind of said some stuff about Freud, like because their mom. And I was like, mm. Mm. Um, but he ends it with a, a story about going to a like item shop and that the man said, do you know what this is from? And holds up like this item. And this philosopher says, no. And he tells him it's from the Coulier's house. I want to put it up on display and to run a contest to see if someone can guess who it is. Do you think that would be worth something? And uh, basically Norton just kind of says like, I don't think the like anybody would recognize the Coulier's. They were just average, timid individuals and if they are ever remembered it like would be like on a scarce note wow yeah very very harsh end um but yes that is the story of the coulier brothers uh their house uh all items got auctioned off um any money made from the auction uh Family member, these people that try to say they were family members and actual family members tried to claim the money, but the city took it and divided it evenly to help uh, better the city. Uh, the house was itself not able to go on anymore because it I was, was say so damaged by the hoarding. So, so that's like over twenty years of hoarding, right? Exactly. Um, they uh, destroy it, so there is a park now, and it's called the Coulier Park. Based off At the least brothers. it's like in memory of them. Mm-hmm. But yep, that is the story of the Coulier brothers. How did you find that story? Uh, you want to be honest? BuzzFeed. Okay, okay. Yeah. And I just was like reading about it. The booby traps and the intricate tunnel system, crazy. Like really, really crazy. There's pictures. There's tons of pictures of them. They both look really, really sweet. And I and it makes me think some like like it's like those people were were like putting them like made them retreat, you know? Like also, I mean, you kind of have to think of the time area as well. I mean, I know this kind of all happened after the Great Depression, but they still lived during the Great Depression, you know? Yeah. And so when you have a lot of wealth and all of a sudden you see people lose everything, no money, no food, you know, they, it could have been like, I have to hoard everything 
because I'm afraid it's going to get taken away. And if I have a lot of things, then if I have to lose some things, I'll still have a lot of things, you know? Yeah. Um, yeah. And especially because I think you were saying that the the neighborhood, according to them, was going down. So different races entering the mm-hmm. picture mm-hmm. Um, caused a lot of panic and fear. Yes. So, yes. I mean, it makes sense to them to build these booby traps in fear that their things are going to get taken away. If that makes sense. I don't know. All Harding those newspapers a, uh, that Langley collected were all surrounding Homer. I I believe it. And then hoarding is, I don't know, it's a, one of those interesting diagnosis or mental illness because how it comes about could be genetic, could be a form of OCD, could mm-hmm. be the lack of serotonin. And when you obtain new things, your brain gets that chemical rush of the happy chemicals. Could be a lot of things. Could be a lot of different things. But good story. I didn't know anything about this. And now I do. So now that makes sense that you're saying that your parents saying if you don't clean your room, you're going to end up like the cooler your brother. Yeah. Yeah. You don't want to be a hoarder. And hoarding is so serious. And I feel bad. My grandma was a slight hoarder. Um, So, I mean, I, I get it. Not to the extremity that I've seen on like hoarders, the TV show, or from what you described from the brothers. But so many more people hoard than you than you think. Yeah. You know? But it's hard to part with items sometimes. Yeah. I uh a little theory in my head is just just because how Langley is with his brother, sometimes I I like to think that he would say something and think maybe like, Oh my gosh, like Homer's never gonna like Homer's gonna love to see this. Like when he's able yeah. to see one day, like I, I see what you're saying, yeah. Like he can't see, and he has hopes that he's going to see one day. And like, look at all these things that I have, trash, but they're still things. Like, look at what you miss these past twenty mm-hmm. something years. So, uh, I'm glad you enjoyed the story. Um, thank you guys for sticking around and listening to it. It's a tragic, mm-hmm. tragic tale. A very well, that's sad what we do one here at Hellbound History. We we. Tell the tragic tales. Saddest place on earth. Really? That's good that their legacy and their memory, because they're not bad people. Yeah. No. Next time I'm in New York, I'm gonna have to find find the Coolier Park next time I'm in New York. Uh you can find it. It's in Harlem. Oh wow, Harlem. Yeah, hold on. Um Uh, yeah, it's like on the 12th street. Uh, apparently, New York's way of numbering their streets is like one, two, three, four. Yeah, for sure. Okay, so they lived in the place is 2078 Fifth Avenue at the corner of 128th Street. That's where you'll find the park. Good to know. So if anybody's ever near there, send us a picture. Yeah. Yeah, send us your pictures if you've ever been to the park or anything or if you have a story relating to or, again, I always say, please give us some ideas. We love hearing your ideas for future episodes, but we appreciate you. 
We so love your you faces. So much for listening. And the faces we have never seen, but we love them dearly. Exactly. And the support. You guys are the greatest. And uh, we'll see you next time. Bye. Bye.